from the Three Ranger Bros Studio. Tiger Tales. The Invasion of the Putties. Hello everybody and welcome to Tiger Tales, a place you'll find stories and fanfictions written and read to you by your host, me, Tiger. Welcome to the Tiger Tales Marvel and DC fanfiction universe, a place where I have fused the universes of Marvel and DC into one gigantic combined universe. Some of the heroes and villains that we all know and love were lost on the fateful event known as Union Day, and the rest of them have to deal with the consequences. There are new heroes and villains, some of them take the mantles of those that we are lost, and some are new. And these stories are all in the same universe, they collide with each other, they cross over, and you can find the Chronicle Order on a single playlist on the Tiger Tales channel. This is the Invasion of the Putties, a crossover event between the five stories that we have so far. This is part two, so make sure you listen to part one if you haven't listened to it just yet, and then come back to this one. Now, when I say Invasion of the Putties, it's exactly what you're thinking. Putties from the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger era. And we also have a Power Ranger involved. Mark, the Red Cornish Ranger, is here to aid our heroes and villains. In the last chapter, the Putties invaded, and the world went to hell. Mark ended up teaming up with some of the heroes, and at the very end, Mr. Pocket rounded up everyone he could to see if he could stop this invasion. So let's dive in with The Invasion of the Putties, Part 2, Aiding Those in Need. On a dark grey world, a portal opened and Mark jumped out, stepping into a puddle. Ah, oh, man, that's just nasty. Oh, oh. A shock came from his pocket. He pulled out his morpher, which was sparking. What's wrong with this? Whoa! Suddenly, he morphed into the Red Cornish Ranger. Eh, what? I, I didn't even press the button. Power down! Nothing happened. This can't be good. Power down! I said, power down! He returned to civilian form, clutching his morpher. I got a bad feeling. I should head home, get this thing checked. He got out his dimension jumper and pressed the button to open a portal to Universe 20. But nothing. Not good. Why is this... Hang on, this place, it feels different, like, like it's disconnected, Mark thought for a moment. That's it, 
I can't sense the morphing grid. Such a normal feeling. I didn't recognise what it means. I definitely need to get out of here. Okay, so both my morpher and jumper run on grid energy. And the morpher has some power. Let's try... He popped a panel on the back of the jumper open and pulled his coin out and placed it in the opening. West did say my coin can jumpstart this thing, but for one jump. Better make it count. He punched in the coordinates for Universe 20 and got ready to cry his morphing cry. Right, Colonel... <clears throat> With a blow to the back of his head, Mark was knocked out cold. Mark woke up, his head sore. What the hell hit me? I did, said a woman with brown hair. Well, I prefer to be introduced before being knocked out, said Mark. Sorry, but I saw what you was about to do. You was gonna morph. I'm guessing you're not from Earth. If you was, you'd know that's not a good idea. I'm Jess, by the way. Hi, Jess. I'm Mark, and where I'm from is complicated. But yes, you're right. I don't know this place. What would have happened? Mark asked, getting up. He saw his morpher and jumper on the table and picked them up. As Jess didn't stop him, he assumed he wasn't a prisoner. Putties, she said. Putties? You mean those... Goblin, goblin things Rita and Zed had? Yeah, that's them. Well, Rita captured and copied Billy's mind into a putty. It made him super intelligent. The putty supreme. It took over everything. Killed the rangers and Rita and Zed. All of them, said Jess. And why is Morphin bad? Asked Mark. They can sense the morphine energy. The reason they're dormant is because they absorbed it all. If they sense you have morphine energy, they'll come for you. Come for your energy. Unfortunately, this device, namely this one, Mark showed her the dimension jumper, needs grid energy to run. When you knocked me out, I was actually trying to jumpstart it with my power coin, which has some power in it. What does it do? Asked Jess. Well, you said you thought I wasn't from Earth. Well, I am, just not this one. I'm from an Earth where none of this happened, Mark explained. Another Earth? Like, different dimension? Said Jess, a strange look in her eye. Could you take me there? There's nothing keeping me here. Mark looked at her. For some reason, he had reservations about her. He couldn't put his finger on it. Well, first, we need to open a portal. And if you're right about the putties, we won't have much time. Is there a open field or something, nice and open, we could jump from? Yeah, not far from here. Let's go. She said very eagerly. They headed out and walked to what looked like a car park. Mark looked around. He didn't notice when he arrived. The clay, dripping from the buildings, lampposts. Even the puddle he stepped in must have been clay liquid. This will do, said Mark. Right, get ready. 
We just need to... Everything went dark all of a sudden. Next minute, Mark woke up in some kind of cell with a banging headache. Oh, remind me to leave a review on Dimension Reddit. Two knockouts of, I hope, two... Jess was in the same cell with him. What happened? Mark asked. Then... Jess pointed. On the other side of the bars were two putties standing guard. As Mark got up, another, even bigger putty walked in. This one was different. Still grey, but had a humanish face and glasses. The Putty Supreme, I'm guessing, said Mark. What gave it away, said the Putty. Oh, the creepy-looking Billy face. I've seen his face in pictures. He had an honest face, kind, as well as intelligent. Who knew someone could corrupt it so much, said Mark. The Putty Supreme smiled and walked into the cell. He didn't open it. He just oozed between the bars and grabbed Mark. Now, tell me how you got here. Tell me where the grid energy is. I must have it. Tell me how to get to different Earths. Not a chance, Mark said. The putty dropped him. See, I don't need massive grid energy. Just enough to blow a hole in that wall, said Mark, with a smile. Then he pulled a dino blaster out from nowhere and fired, knocking the putty supreme back. He grabbed Jesse's hand. With his other, he set the dino blaster to overcharge and threw it against the wall and ducked. The blaster exploded, leaving a hole in the wall. Come on, said Mark. They jumped out and ran for it. Right, Jess, we just need to run from them. Um, why is your hand feeling funny? Mark turned to see Jess oozing and melting. What the hell? said Mark. She's like all on this world. She is a putty. She is an experiment that I lost interest in, said the putty supreme. That's how you knew, isn't it? From her. Yes. Mark saw an opening. Kicking the putty supreme, Mark jumped over the rest of the putties and ran, holding out the dimension jumper. Come on, damn it. Come on, work, he said, pushing buttons. It sparked. Then, remembering, Konobis Vicken! With a blast, the portal opened and Mark jumped in, shooting through the dimensional tunnel and flying out the other end. Uh, oh, oh. Oh. Okay. Wait. Uh, okay. That can't be good. Mark looked at the portal he just came out. It's still open. Why is it still open? Then two arms push through, grabbing the side of the portal and ripping it open. Mark could clearly see the putty world on the other side. This isn't good, said Mark, as the putties poured through the rip. 
Mark finished explaining his tale, then took a deep breath as everyone in the room looked at him. Some dumbfounded, some in awe. Thank you, Mark, for explaining your story with us, Mr. Pocket nodded, then he turned to the room. Alright, boss. Now what? Thunderstruck asked. Now we must make a plan of attack, Mr. Pocket told everyone. What's the plan, boss? Have all of us worked together or what? One up snapped. He threw a glare at Nightwing and his crew. Got a problem with us being here, do we? Arsenal growled at one up. Maybe I do. One up barked, clicking his knuckles. Roy, pack it in. The mutants for hire aided us once. We can work with them again. Nightwing said, placing his hand on Arsenal's shoulder. Arsenal looked at Nightwing and nodded. One up has a point, boss. There's a lot of suits in here. Thunderstruck muttered. Says the mutant with a lot of backup. The Red Lantern barked, looking over the mutant for hire boys, Gambit, Sabretooth, and Pyro. Don't get me involved, gal. Sabretooth growled at her. Hang on, why have we got supervillains here? Robin barked. Hey, watch your tongue, Captain Cold threatened. Everyone stop! There are no labels here or factions. We need to band together and destroy that putty world that threatens our own. As of now, we have one team and one goal, Mr. Pocket yelled. Everyone looked at one another and sighed. Looked rather awkward and then nodded in agreement. If I may step in, us Power Rangers usually have a team. I once had a team. And we worked together, no matter what differences we had, or what happens off the battlefield. We did everything to defend Earth. And sometimes, it wasn't our Earth. Mark said, I say we try it out. If we fail, then we stand up and try again. Gambit muttered. Mr. Pocket walked over to his four boys. Boys, please, I say this now, I don't usually trust superheroes myself, but right now we need every single person in this room, including yourselves, Mr. Pocket said gently. We get it, boss. We'll play nice. Cardio muttered. Yeah, sure thing, boss. One up said. We got this, dad. Art close side. We can make this work. For now. Thunstruck said, glaring at the heroes in the room. Okay, good lads, Mr. Pocket said with a smile. Then he walked towards the desk and pressed a few keys and suddenly a huge holographic screen projected above everyone for all to see. Okay, so we have a planet who is projecting portals. Only thing is, they are very unstable. Good enough for putties to fall through, of course, being made of enhanced clay and all, but not good for human beings and the such. People made of flesh and bone. It wouldn't work. Mr. Pocket explained. A showing of the portals all over the world was on the holographic screen. So we make a portal for us? Spider-Man questioned. Correct! We build a device, open our own portal, and we destroy the Putty Supreme, Mr. Pocket replied. And how the hell do we do that? Pyro asked sarcastically. We build it with the aid of the city of Atlantis and Wakanda, Mr. Pocket told him. You cannot be serious. The kings will not help us, Doctor Strange told them. Well, they will once we aid them. They have two 
are going to have putty invasions, Mr. Pocket told him. Kelder will be one tough nut to crack, Nightwing noted. Hasn't Wakanda also hidden themselves away? Alfred asked. Yes, I admit there is a lot at stake here, and it'll take some time, but we must try at least, Mr. Pocket said. What about the people, the helpless, the defenceless? They're everywhere? Vixen asked. I have that covered as well, Mr. Pocket said with a snap of his fingers. He pressed a few more keys and the screen revealed a gigantic set of helicarriers. These were gifted to me by the one and only Nick Fury. I have deployed them across the world. They are ten times bigger than the original helicarriers. And with the help of the United Nations and the militaries, we have started boarding civilians onto them. They are built to house the civilians of Earth for a while, Mr. Pocket explained. All right, Pocket, break it down for us bit by bit, Isaac said. If you will, Mr. Pocket, I can aid you here. Alfred offered and sat down at the computer and started typing. Thank you, Alfred. Okay, so here we go. Mr. Pocket started as Alfred typed away, the screen changing as he spoke. So I will split you guys into groups. Here we have Group 1, who will go to Atlantis and aid the underwater city and ask the king for his aid. We need the Atlantean reactor technology. Another will go to Wakanda and aid them. You'll ask for the king's aid and, of course, their use of vibranium. Then the Group 3 will be the heavy hitters, on the ground, jumping from city to city, wiping out the bigger groups of putties, aiding the militaries of the world in securing the transports to the helicarriers, smaller vessels, so to speak. They'll be in the heat most of the time, Mr. Pocket explained his plan. And how do you propose to do that, Pocket? Arkham asked him. It is simple. We as a collective do know a few individuals who can aid us in the fight on the ground. We need everyone at this point. Everyone in this room here is who I brought in. I either helped you guys or I know you. You guys might know other people who can aid us though. Whilst we build the portal device and send our assault to that planet, we must hope that Wakanda Atlantis do aid us. Everyone needs to aid us. Mr. Pocket said with a sigh. Okay, where do we start, Dad? Oculus asked. Well, I was hoping to start with Alfred and get your assistant AI running and connected to everyone. That'll be a good start. We'll have some time for everyone to round up some people. Boys, you know of some rogue mutants that can help us. Nightwing, you also know of some aid. Once the AI is connected to everyone, I'll start building the teams, Mr. Pocket said. Uh, question for... You know, how are we going to build a portal? Julian asked him. Well, we have the use of Atlantean Reactor and the Vibranium, and we build a boon tune like device. I've modelled it after Mark's teleporter device there that he has, and it should have opened a stable portal for us to go through. Mr. Pocket explained awkwardly. Uh, Pocket, I hate to say this, but that would require a massive amount of power, Spider-Man butted in. I know. And lucky for us, we have two of the Infinity Stones in this room, and I know of a third one. It is coming to our aid now, Mr. Pocket told him. Everyone looked around awkwardly, gazing at each other, trying to figure out who had one of the Infinity Stones. 
Enter my glory and behold my power. <laughs> Dr. Dead jumped out and pulled the time stone from around his neck. And I have this. Soma said, breaking his silence, holding out his dual disc with the reality stone fused to it. Oh, great, well that's that, Robin said, rolling his eyes. Okay, guys. Do your stuff. Alfred, if you mind. Staying around. Nightwing, my boys, good luck. And in the meantime, prepare yourselves for Atlantis and Wakanda, Mr. Pocket explained. Nightwing walked up to Mr. Pocket. I'm confused. Who you think I know who can help? Nightwing stated. You're not confused, Dick. You know exactly who can help, Mr. Pocket said without even looking at him. Then suddenly, it dawned upon Nightwing who Mr. Pocket was on about. Oh, come on, man. That's unfair. Nightwing whined. Hey, I know you've been enjoying what you're listening to. Please insert name of show here. And if you've been enjoying that, come on over to the Zero to Hero podcast, where Billy and myself, the Balkan School of Podcasting, go through and examine all kinds of things like 90s nostalgia, the moon landings, historical plots, assassination attempts, and, weirdly enough, genetics. Come on over to the Zero to Hero podcast if you want to talk about weird things. Nightwing and Robin rode on the bat cycle and rode up to the big gates to the house of the dragon, the house of Rajar Ghoul. Nightwing and Robin climbed off the bike and walked up to the gigantic set of double doors. I don't know why I have to do this. Nightwing complained. Especially because you told him to go F himself and then never talk to you again. Robin chuckled. You are not meant to enjoy this. Nightwing snapped. I'm sorry, but this is so gold. Robin laughed. Suddenly, a row of assassins appeared on top of the wall. All of them aimed their bows with flaming arrows. In the centre of the row of archers was Rachel himself. Hello, Dick Grayson. Why'd you approach my house? Raj called out. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't necessary. Nightwing called up to him. I'm assuming you're talking about the grey clay things falling out of the sky? Raish asked. I am. They are called putties. Nightwing replied. My league handled these putties very well. Why would I need you? Raish asked bluntly. It is not you who needs me. It is the world who needs you. You have an extremely well-trained army, and the world is at stake here. Nightwing told him, You make me laugh, Dick, but I do want to see this world burn. My father worked hard to protect this planet, so so shall I. Race sighed. Do not bring Bruce into this. Nightwing barked with a hint of venom. Now, now, Dick, as the blood son of Batman, I have a right to mention him. You want my help? Then fine. Let me see how the last year has treated you. I want to test the next new Robin as well. Raish growled. Yo, what's that do? Robin yelled. Let's just get this done. Keep close. Keep your eyes on them. I know Damien, and he's a sneaky bastard. Nightwing demanded as he pulled out his extremist sticks off his back. Yeah, I got it. 
Robert nodded. I give you four members of my league. The best of the best. My trusted generals, so to speak. Raj explained. Then the four assassins jumped off the wall and slid down the ledge. As the archers withdrew their arrows, the first general landed in front of the duo. His robe was sleeveless and he has a razor-rimmed hat on. I give you... Kane Lau, the best martial artist under my ranks, Raj called out. Kane Lau ran at Nightwing. He threw several jabs in a flurry succession, multiple strikes hitting Nightwing. He managed to block the first couple of hits, but could not keep up. He was eventually hit in the chest and face, but forced to take a few steps back. The second general pulled a bow off his shoulder and drew an arrow from his quiver and took aim. His hair was long and in a ponytail, which blew in the wind. He released his arrow for Robin. Robin jumped back and the arrow struck the ground. Then the archer jumped off the wall that he hung off, and Robin noticed his bow was different to the others. This is Hanzori Shimada. His clan is known for their connection to the spirit realm, and they are well-known ninjas, Raz explained. Hanzori fired another arrow, then another. Robin pulled out a couple of birdarangs and threw them, and they collided with the arrows. Then Hanzori shot an arrow, which Robin rolled forward and dodged the attack. Dude, I hang out with archers on a daily basis. You missed, Robin cheered. Then the arrow hit the tree behind him and shattered into several neon blue darts, which bolted back towards Robin. Robin turned around and ducked and rolled and blocked some of the incoming attacks, but one managed to catch him in the leg. He grunted and fell to the floor. Then Hanzori strapped his bow across his torso, then ran at Robin and kicked Robin in the face, making him roll backwards. He managed to stagger to his feet, then blocked the next strike. Then Robin fired his grapple hook, which struck Hanzori's chest. He pulled Hanzori in, jumped up, raised his his other knee and smacked Hansori in the face. Kane Lau was in a tough spot with Nightwing. For every five to six strikes, he was only able to land one. Nightwing activated the electrocutional mode on his extremistics and slammed them into Kane Lau's chest. Then Kane Lau took off his hat, swung it around. The rimmed blade caught Nightwing's face. Blood dripped from his cheek as he dabbed his face and examined the blood. Nice hat! Nightwing growled. Then he swung his sticks at Kane Lau. He, then he threw his foot out and jumped back to create some distance. Kane Lau then threw the hat and it spun through the air and flew at Nightwing. He looked at the spinning hat flying at him in awe. He jumped up and flipped over it. Then he threw his gaze at Kane Lau, but Kane Lau was not there. He felt a warm light from behind him. He turned around to see Kane Lau suddenly behind him, his razor-rimmed hat suddenly on his head. Kane Lau jumped up and kicked Nightwing. Then the third general started scaling down and jumped off and landed on the ground safely. He threw his hood up and ran into the shadows. The fourth general also jumped down and landed on the ground safely as well. He was clearly the most muscular out of the four. He pulled out a single-headed axe from the clasp on his back. It was silver and the handle was dark oak, brown covered in runes and symbols. He grasped the axe tightly and the blade started glowing a misky sky blue. He then ran at Nightwing and swung the axe hard. Nightwing clocked him, jumped back and the axe hit the floor, the ice forming around from the impact. Me, my fourth general. I call him Judge. He wields the Leviathan axe. Made by those foolish Norse gods, Raj explained. Judge swung his axe, skimming Nightwing's legs. Robin jumped up and swung a kick at Hanzori, then spun around and swung another kick. Hanzori blocked both attacks, but Robin managed to push him back enough to run off to Nightwing's aid. When suddenly someone landed in front of him, 
It was the hooded general. He grabbed Robin, spun him round, and with a flick of his wrist, a blade popped out from his forearm, and he held the tip of the blade to Robin's throat. Robin was defenceless. Nightwing blocked an attack from Kane Lau, then ducked as Kane Lau swung his hat. Then Nightwing rolled to one side as Judge swung his axe as it collided into the ground, more small ice particles were formed. Then suddenly Raj clicked his fingers, and the four generals all stopped. They retracted their weapons and jumped back up, scaling up the gate and landing next to their leader. It is amusing to watch you sweat, Raj chuckled. Then Raj jumped off the wall himself, his cape leaving him landing on the edge of the wall as he landed in front of Nightwing and Robin, who regrouped. You have the aid of the League of Assassins, Raj said sternly. Thank you. You will need this. Nightwing said, handing him a communication link. Thank you, Dick. Father would want me to aid you and lend the world my resources. I'm doing this in his name, Raz said, taking it and putting it in his ear. It's been a year and you haven't even grown a bit. Nightwing chuckled. At least I don't look as old as you, Raz mocked. Nice to meet you. Um, Robin, Robin said, holding out his hand. Alex Andrew Jr. Yes, I'm aware, Raj said bluntly. Robin looked at him stunned. I used to be a Robin. You don't think I'm not going to keep an eye on the new one? Raj asked. Yeah, good point, Robin replied awkwardly. So these putty things falling from the sky. A spell, a new universe, or what? Raz asked. Different universe, and we have a plan to stop it. Nightwing said. Where do you need us? Raz asked him. One of the battlefields, in the heat of the fight, whilst the military starts filling up these transport vehicles that is going to head to these bigger transport vehicles, your league and some of the others will be fighting the invasion head on, Robin explained. I believe a code of secrecy will work here. I shall be your ace card. Just point us in the right direction, Raz grinned. This doesn't change anything. You know that, right? Nightwing told him bluntly. Obviously, Ra said sarcastically. Suddenly, their communications started beeping. Robin and Nightwing pressed their links. Thanks, Alfred. We'll head to the collection point now. Nightwing replied. Then Nightwing turned to Ra's one more time. We will see you on the battlefield. Do not disappoint. Nightwing barked. As always, the famous Dick Grayson has to be a jerk. Raj chuckled. Both Nightwing and Robin both climbed onto the bat cycle and sped off and headed to the collection point. Cardio sneaked into the basement to a closed-down shop. There he found a bunch of medical equipment and a girl laid on a bed. Her name was Ember, and she was a mutant, who was altered by her mutation gene, making sections of her skin formed into scales. She also grew wings and a large tail. She also had horns on her head. And she grew the ability to breathe fire. She kind of resembled a dragon. Cardio had spent the last couple of years trying to reverse or aid the process, or try to at least hide it, so she can not scare so many people. Hence why she hid away in a basement to a closed-down shop. Hey, Cardio. Ember muttered. She rolled over and sat up. Hey, how's you? Cardio asked. Good, thanks. Here with another test shot? Ember asked him. Actually, no, I kind of need you for something. Cardio sighed. What do you mean? Ember asked, confused. 
There's something bad going on, and there are people that need saving. I need your help. Your special talents will be useful. Cardio explained. I have heard a lot of comments up top. What is happening? Ember asked. We are being invaded. Cardio muttered awkwardly. Count me in. Ember cheered. She then stood up and the harness around her torso snapped off as her wings and tail extended from her. Her red scaly skin around her arms and legs and her cheeks started shimmering with heat. Good, now let's go. Cardio grinned, then he led her outside for the first time in a few weeks. Gambit and Ocklos walked up several flights of stairs and stopped at a big red door. So, who are these guys? Gambit asked. One is Hoopagobo technology, and his girl has, like, hectic kinetic powers, they explode or something. I don't know, Oculus explained. And they will help us because... Gambit replied. He has the means for hire one from, like, a couple months back. He didn't quite have enough money, so we basically said that he owes us, Oculus told him. Oculus knocked on the door, then it slid open, and a punk rock-looking girl stood before them. What's up, Oculus? The girl asked. Wildfire, how's business? Oculus asked with a grin. Eh, not too bad, she replied. Then Wildfire clocked Gambit and her mouth dropped open. Holy crap, you're Gambit. As in THE Gambit, she choked. One and only. Always a pleasure to meet a fan. Gambit grinned with a slight bow. Um, yeah. Uh, hiya. Oculus, he's in the office. Wildfire muttered, still in shock. She led both of them into the office room where another guy sat there with his eyes closed and his hands were on the keyboard. Oculus and Gambit looked at the computer screen and the Word document on the screen was typing itself. Well now, that is handy. Gambit said, rather impressed. The boy opened his eyes and clocked Gambit and Oculus. Yo, what's going on, Oculus? Hardwire asked. Yo, Hardwire, how's things? Uh, we need a high-profile access safety protocol coding system for a portal device. And we need it secure, and we need it four days ago, Oculus explained. Damn, man, that's a tall order. Guessing this has to do with those strange things falling out of the sky? Hardwire asked. I'm afraid it does. Gambit told him. I have had to burn a few of them, Wildfire proclaimed. Actually, you might come in handy, girl, Oculus said to her. You can help, Ben. You should go, Hardwire told her. Gladly, Wildfire grinned. I'll text you the coordinates and you can start on the coding system. Dad is building a device that is jumping universes. We don't need anyone hacking this thing, Oculus demanded. He then tapped on Gambit's shoulder and gestured him to follow him out the door. My lady, kind sir, thank you again and I shall see you guys soon, Gambit said with a bow. Then he followed Oculus. Wildfire closed the door behind them and walked over to Hardwire. That was Gambit. As in, THE Gambit, Hardwire said to Wildfire. Yep, that was Big Brother Dearest, Wildfire sighed. You could have said something, you know, Hardwire told her. Too soon. Let's save the Wildfire and then I will, Wildfire told him. Hardwire nodded, then got on with the coding security system for Oculus. Not before Wildfire gave him a quick kiss. One-Up waited in the alleyway. And waited. Until finally, a man in a suit walked up to him. Took you long enough. One up snapped. The bodyguard's skin started rippling with small white hexagons, and the man shifted into Jessica. Sorry, Dad. Security is insane. You're lucky I got out of there. Jessica sighed. 
I need you for something. It's a dangerous mission. One up told her. Count me in. I've been practicing my martial arts too. Jessica grinned at him. He leaned in and kissed her. She placed her hands on his cheek and kissed him back. If the world doesn't end, you want to grab a bite to eat? One up asked. I will do it, even if the world ends. Jessica smiled. One up then scanned both entrances to the alleyway. Jessica shifted back into her bodyguard form, and both of them started walking out of the alleyway to the collection point. Are you looking for a new holiday destination? Then look no further than Ranger Travels. Here at Ranger Travels, we will take you to the most exotic places on one continent. Take Angel Grove, for example. Want to ski? Then take a trip to our frozen wasteland. Fancy a desert walk? Then visit our Sahara area. And are you a budding volcanologist? Then check out our active volcano. It erupts quite regularly. Book your new adventure with Ranger Travels. Ranger Travels is not responsible for destruction of property while on your holiday. If there is a monster attack, Rangers will respond. T's and C's apply. Everyone had returned and grouped up. Three massive Quinjets sat in the hangar of the massive warehouse. Alright guys, I have separated you into three teams. Team 1, you're going to Wakanda. The city is under attack and they need help. In return, they have offered us Vibranium, a good substance we will need for the portal device. Team 2 goes to Atlantis. Same thing applies. We need that technology as well, to harness the power of Mark's portal device in a much bigger scale. The Team 3, you'll be on crowd control and making sure that everyone is safe. A lot of the places have been boarded up and defended, but... Not everything has been completely evacuated. You need to help those on both cases. Wipe out the bigger group of those putties as well. I've seen Mark Teleporter to all three teams so he can help out as much as he can. Also, everyone's on the same comm wavelength, Mr. Pocket explained to the whole team. I like that you get most of us villains on one team. Bane chuckled. Trust me, I would rather not be your babysitter. Black Canary moaned. I've never been to Atlantis, Captain Cold muttered. Dad, is it wise to separate us? Oculus asked. For now, yes, but don't worry, this is just one step of the plan, Mr. Pocket told his son. Ooh, I cannot believe we get to go to Africa. Vixen cheered. I know, this is insane. I'm going to Atlantis, Spider-Man said. Nightwing then walked up next to Gambit. So, let's not have this end up with us fighting again, yeah? Nightwing muttered to Gambit. Oh, please. I won that last fight fair and square. Gambit replied with a sneer. After the world is saved, or when it's torn to pieces, I want a rematch. Nightwing growled. Oh, it is, bird boy, and I promise I will so kick your ass. Gambit muttered back. Everyone boarded the Quinjets and they took off, and each one headed to a different location.
Ladies and gentlemen, there is no time for formal introductions at the beginning of our show today. I'm telling you, you all have to get somewhere safe. There are putties falling from the sky. Ladies and gentlemen, those things you see, oh my God, that is the portals. We don't even know where they're coming from. We do not know where they're going, but they are causing destruction. Ladies and gentlemen, there are people around to help you. There's plenty of superheroes around and also there's the helicarriers. You need to get yourself somewhere safe. You need to go there. Oh my God, a portal is over The first team was headed to Africa. They hovered over an invisible dome, which had been cracked, and several putties had broken into. There was a pile of putties trying to claw their way through the protective dome. The Quinjet hovered over the hidden city of Wakanda. The team consisted of Gambit, Vixen, Dr. Dead, Arkham, Kit, the host of Ghost Rider, Dr. Fate, 1-Up, Sabretooth, Isaac the Keyblade Wielder, and Oclos. This is a big dome, Oculus gasped. It is a big city, trust me. Gambit replied. Wait, you've been here before? Vixen asked him. Yes, I have. Before Union Day, of course. Gambit explained. We better get that vibranium. One-up barked. <laughs> Never liked those panther poses. <laughs> Dr. Dead moaned. Suddenly, a hologram appeared in the center of the hangar bay. Everyone gathered round, and the hologram was of the Black Panther. Hello, comrades. Thank you for turning up, Black Panther said. Of course, you honor. We are here to lend a hand. Gambit told the hologram. Ah, Gambit, you are friends with the late King T'Challa, Black Panther said. I was, yes. He was a great man, hero, and king. Gambit replied, He was. Now our problem is we need to lower the barrier so our civilians can leave to a hidden location for safety. But we will be left wide open for attack. Black Panther told them. Open the barrier. We will give you a diversion. Gambit told the king. We can jump down and surprise them. Vixen suggested. Sounds good. Oculus nodded. All this chit-chat is boring me. Wake me up when something fun happens. Sabretooth growled as he slumped into his chair. Black Panther turned his attention from Sabretooth back to Gambit. Okay, I trust your leadership, Gambit. Wait for the barrier to open, then commit to your assault. Then I can get my people to safety. Once Wakanda is safe from their grip, only then will I give you your vibranium. Black Panther told him. We understand. Gambit replied. The hologram cut off and the hangar doors opened. A blast of wind filled the room and chilled everybody. Okay, guys, wait for the barrier to drop, and then we drop, Oclos said. We must proceed with caution and make every move count, Arkham told everyone. All right, big guy. Time to dance once again. Come on. Come on. Kit barked. The barrier then deactivated and Wakanda came into view properly. The vast, beautiful city was suddenly ransacked with piles of putties that now poured into the city and filled the streets. That's our signal, Arklos called out. I will go first. Follow my lead. 
one-up Bart. Then he jumped out of the Quinjet and he fell. A set of stories falling and then hit the ground hard. He jumped up and punched a putty in the face, sending it flying back. Then a few Wakandan soldiers and the Dojo Milaje walked up to him, ready themselves for battle. Hello, and thank you for your help, one soldier said. No problem. Hey, can I see your spear for a second? I just need to borrow it for a little bit. One up asked. Uh, sure. It is just a normal vibranium spear, though, the soldier replied. Now that is what I'm hoping for. One up chuckled. He touched the vibranium spear and his skin became vibranium. He sat there chuckling. Now that is better. <laughs> One up grinned. Then he charged into a group of putties, colliding into them, and started throwing his fists and throwing putties around. Vixen grabbed onto Arkham and pressed her amulet, and the spirit of the falcon wrapped around them. Then she took flight, holding onto Arkham as she flew down to the battlefield, dropping him onto the floor. Thank you, Vixen. Very kind of you. Arkham told her. She nodded in response and then flew off and joined the battle, as did Arkham. On the Quinjet, Dr. Fate prepared his spell to catch Dr. Dead and Isaac. Uh, are you sure about this? Isaac asked, concerned. My spell will protect you, Dr. Fate replied. Oh, please. You're no doctor. Just a jazz dancer with a light show and magical effects, Dr. Dead chuckled. And what does that make you? Dr. Fate asked him. Potatoes, mashed, fried, boiled, still potatoes, eh? Dr. Dead grinned, then Sabretooth jumped to his feet. You can catch him, right? Sabretooth asked Dr. Fate. Of course I can, Dr. Fate replied. Good. Sabretooth growled, then he pushed Dr. Dead out of the Quinjet. He fell out with a high-pitched wail, leaving his voice, a mixture of screaming and laughing, echoed throughout the sky. God, he's annoying. Sabretooth grunted. Guess I'll see you guys on the other side, Isaac said awkwardly as he jumped out of the Quinjet. Dr. Fate floated after him and flew down. He flew past Isaac and Dr. Dead as he landed on the ground. With one hand, he wrote a symbol with his fingers and then made an explosion erupt from the ground, destroying several putties. With the other hand, he raised it up into the air and casted a spell which caught Isaac and Dr. Dead in mid-air, stopping them, and they floated gently to the ground. Isaac summoned his keyblade and ran into the fight, and started slashing the putties down. Sabretooth landed on the ground on top of a putty, crushing it underneath him. He then jumped into another one and shredded the putty apart with his claws, roaring as he did. You pushed me! Dr. Dead screeched at him. It was that, or rip your head off! Sabretooth growled. Dr. Dead pulled out his revolver and knife. Then he pulled the trigger and a bullet ripped through the head of an attacking putty. Stay away from me, kitty cat. Dr. Dead said, pointing his knife at Sabretooth. Sabretooth just growled at the clown and slashed his claws into a putty, ripping it to pieces. Gambit landed and a massive explosion erupted from the ground as he hit the bow staff onto the floor. Putties flew up into the air. Both Sabretooth and Isaac jumped up and took the opportunity and started beating on the putties in midair. Isaac aimed his keyblade into the sky. Thunderer! Isaac called out and a blast of thunder struck the putties from the sky. Ocklose fell from 
the Quinjet, his eyes turned blue and he became incorporeal and phased through the ground. He then popped back up, phasing back to normal, his eyes turned yellow and he blurred around the city quickly. He started smacking into the putties and throwing them around. Kit jumped out of the Quinjet and the Ghost Rider landed on the floor, machete in hand. It blade extremely hot. Then he started swinging the machete and slicing down the putties into pieces, the clay sizzling as his blade ripped through them. He then leaned forward and breathed a blast of fire. The amount of fire spewed through the battlefield, scorching several of the putties. One of the soldiers came riding in on a rhino. He hopped off and handed the reins to the ghost rider. I believe you can use this, he said to the ghost rider. Thanks. Ghost Rider said to him, he hopped onto the rhino and the rhino set ablaze becoming his ride, its horn now scorching hot. The rhino charged forward and rampaged its way through the bigger groups of putties. Arkham started smacking around some putties with his cane, sending some vibrational waves off of it. Isaac made his keyblade transform into the yo-yo form and started swinging them around. Oclo shifted his eyes from yellow colour to a red colour, mixing his speed, then shifting into his super strength, allowing him to start some combos on the putties. Gambit spun his bow staff around, sending bursts of kinetic energy with each strike. Every couple of hits would then he throw a kinetically charged card at the putties as well. 1-Up used his new vibranium skin to throw, crush and obliterate groups of putties. Sabretooth bounced around, slashing and tearing apart putties with his teeth and claws. Ghost Rider swung his machete and used his new rhino ride to rip holes into putties. And he wielded his shotgun, blasting them to pieces. Dot Fate cast spells and two golden swords appeared. They floated around and swung by themselves, slicing up the putties apart. Vixen summoned the spirit of the bear and used the strength to hit putties away. Then she summoned the spirit of the grasshopper. She launched herself into the air and crash landed on several putties, crushing them under her feet. Dot Dead jumped onto a putty and stabbed it with its knife several times before it fell to the floor. He then pulled out his necklace and used the time stone as it started glowing, everything froze in place. Dot Dead ran across the battlefield, placing sticky C4 explosives against the putty's bodies. Then he ran back to where he was and then the time stopped stone stopped glowing and he tucked it away. Then he pressed the trigger button and several putties exploded on the spot causing splash damage destroying more putties. Suddenly something big hit the ground. It caused a massive crater underneath it. It was a big creature, a brute of a monster. It was several putties merged together almost like it was sewn together, mixed and mashed into 12 foot being with several arms and legs and heads sticking out of its body. It was truly a horrifying sight. Isaac ran at the brute putty swinging his yo-yos but the brute caught the yo-yos and pulled Isaac in closer then swung its big fist and smacked Isaac in the face knocking him flying back. Dr. Fate summoned two portals. Two demonic hands climbed out of both portals and grabbed the brute but the mangled form pulled free. Its arm tore off, leaving it armless. But the putties that Gambit and 1-Up were fighting stopped fighting the heroes, ran towards the brute, climbed up a bit, and then started melding to it, forming itself a new arm. Screw this! 
Sabretooth growled. Then he bolted and scaled at the brute's body, pouncing upward, and then he landed on its shoulders. He then used his claws to slash the monster's throat, but nothing happened. The brute grabbed Sabretooth and slammed him into the ground. Gambit threw several kinetically charged cards, which hit it dead on, but it wasn't effective. One up and Oculus ran into the brute, slamming into it, making it stumble back. Then Dr. Dead grabbed a javelin from one of the dead Wakandan soldiers and threw it at the brute's chest. STRIKE! Dot Dead called out. Ghost Rider jumped onto the brute and st stared into its face. Burn for your sins. He roared, but nothing happened. Ghost Rider stabbed the brute with his flaming machete, but the brute just staggered back and the Ghost Rider jumped off. Vixen then charged in with the Spirit of the Rhino and charged into the brute, knocking it off its feet. The brute stood up ever so slowly, the machete falling out of it. One up jumped up and smacked in the face. Gambit then came in with a hit of the bow staff. Isaac returned the yo-yos back to their keyblade form and swung the keyblade, smacking the brute in the head. This thing heals stupid fast, Isaac called out. We have to keep them occupied. Gambit yelled. Team 3 flew over Las Vegas. There was a helicarrier transport vehicle on one side of the street, ready to transport civilians up to the helicarriers. And on the other side was a bunch of SWAT soldiers shooting down a massive crowd of putties. With them was a small group of civilians. Team 3 consisted of Thunderstruck, the Red Lantern, the Orange Lantern, the Iron Butler, Bane, Scarecrow, Dr. Fury, Black Canary, Venom, Moon Knight, and Soma Noir. Let's kick some ass. Bane chuckled. Let's find out what these things are scared of. <laughs> Scarecrow hissed. Black Canary leaned in to Thunderstruck and the Iron Butler. We have to keep an eye on them. Their word means nothing. Black Canary told them. Agreed. Sometimes I wonder if... Amanda Waller had a point. The Iron Butler replied. The hangar door opened and the heroes and villains all jumped out and landed by the SWAT team. The Quinjet flew off, leaving the team by themselves. Bane pressed his gauntlet and his tubes filled with the Venom Serum. His muscles started popping with green veins. Then Bane ran into the huge crowd of putties and tackled some to the ground. Scarecrow planted one of his canisters on the floor and turned the valve. The canister started hissing, and then Scarecrow pulled out a small knife and stabbed the canister. It flew across the street like a bottle rocket, burying itself into the crowd of putties before it exploded. The green gas filled the area, the putties then started acting all strange and fighting each other. Perfect. <laughs> Scarecrow chuckled. Soma Noir activated his dual disc. The reality stone was triggered and it started to glow. Soma's arm had red veins running up it. He pulled five cards out of his deck, looked at them, and placed one of the cards on his dual disc. I play Elemental Hero Clayman in defense mode and Destiny Hero Diamond Dude in attack mode. Soma called out. Soma's cards burst to life. Elemental Hero Clayman knelt down in front of the SWAT team defending them and pushing back some of the putties. The SWAT team started using Clayman as cover. Destiny Hero Diamond Dude used his diamonds to rip through the putties. Moon Knight jumped over 
into the group and through one of his crescent blades. It hit one of the putties in the chest. Moot Knight jumped up and kicked one of the putties in the head before he blocked an incoming attack. Then he kneed one in the face before sliding across the floor, tripping it over. Thunderstruck punched one of the putties, then suddenly the Red Lantern construct flew overhead in the shape of an axe, slicing a putty clean in half. Thunderstruck turned to see the Red Lantern floating beside him. Thanks, I guess. Thunderstruck muttered. Where is he? Red Lantern barked. Already safe? On one of the helicarriers? You don't think I didn't do what I needed to to make sure our son was safe? Thunderstruck hissed at her. I know, I'm sorry. I would have called, but... The Red Lantern started as she showed off her Red Lantern ring. The Red Lantern held out her ring and a turret was formed and it opened fire on the group of putties, mowing them down. The Orange Lantern landed next to them and aimed his ring, and a massive alien worm construct with several rows of teeth exploded from the ground, throwing several putties in the air and eating them. You okay? The Orange Lantern asked the Red Lantern. Stop talking to me! The Red Lantern barked before she dived into the group whilst making a drill construct, which ripped through the putties. Venom threw his symbiote tendrils out and impaled several of the putties at once, and swung the putties around, smashing them into other putties. Venom then grabbed one and bit his head off. Ew. Gotta stop doing that. Venom choked. Black Canary rolled in and smacked the putty with several hits of her bow staff. Then she screamed and several putties dropped to the floor, holding their ears and then exploded into lumps of clay. Venom also dropped to one knee as the symbiote shimmered in pain. Stop it! It hurts! Venom barked. Whoops. My bad. Black Canary said sarcastically. Dr. Fury held out her hand whilst muttering a spell, and a massive meteorite came falling from the sky, and it shattered into several pieces, and crashed down on the group of putties. Iron Butler started guiding the civilians across the road to the transport. Iron Butler then put his shoulder turret into automatic mode, so it can shred the uh, hot lead into putties. As they came up close, the civilians all climbed aboard and the Iron Butler started aiming his wrist-mounted guns and started shooting down more putties. The civilians are safe. Quinjet incoming. Ten minutes. Let us sort these things out and head to the next location. The Iron Butler ordered. Soma's diamond dude was overrun by putties and he exploded into light. Soma felt a struck a pain in his arm as the life points went down. He placed another card in attack mode. I hope you like playing with bubbles, because now I play Elemental Hero Bubble Man. Soma called out. Bubble Man appeared and started attacking the putties. Time to get serious. Soma yelled as he drew another card and analysed it. Time I play Polymerization and fuse both Elemental Hero Bubble Man and Elemental Hero Clayman together to form the Elemental Hero Mudball Man. Soma grinned, then... The two heroes started glowing and fused into one. After a burst of light, elemental hero Mudball Man stood before the putties. The fusion monster rammed into the putties, squashing them under his massive body. Suddenly, something blurred past and smacked Black Canary, knocking her off her feet. Something moved with intense speed, hitting the Iron Butler as well, making him stagger back. Something else blurred and hit Thunderstruck, and hit him in the chest, then again and again and again, hitting his back, the back of his legs, and his shoulders. He grunted in pain, as his skin started to glow, 
as the kinetic energy built up in his body. Then Thunderstruck noticed another something moving at intense speed moving towards him. He slammed his fist on the ground and sent the kinetic energy through the ground making whatever it was trip over. It crashed on the floor and its two friends sped up to it and aided it back to its feet. They were putties but these were scrawny, lankier, ill-looking putties like they hadn't eaten in ages and they were vibrating at intense speeds. They move fast. Thunderstruck grunted. The red and orange lantern both blasted the speedster putties, but they moved out of the way. Iron Butler took to the sky and started raining bullets and energy blasts at the extremely fast putties, but they dodged the attacks. Dr. Fury aimed her hands out and a magical spell slowed them down. The orange lantern and red lantern blasted the putties, and Moon Knight jumped in with a kick to the chest as Venom grabbed one and slammed it into the ground. Bane then picked it up from Venom by the ankle and slammed it to the ground again, then again and picked it up, raised it over his head, and then grabbed it by the waist and the neck and brought it down with all his strength. Strength, raising his knee up and smacking the putty over his knee. Suddenly, the speech of putty's trio broke out of the slow-speeding spell and became blurs once again, unfazed. Team 2 flew over the ocean, its Quinjet hovering over the water, where a big circle was placed, it rimming with energy. Alright guys, this is a magical ring. Link to Atlantis. Jump through and you're there. Very simple. Nightwing explained. Team 2 consisted of Nightwing, Robin, the new Captain Cold, Arsenal, Hawkeye, Doctor Strange, Pyro, Julian Long, Spider-Man, and Benevolent Cardio. Everyone keep close and don't stare at the Atlanteans. Some of them can be a little aquatic looking. Arsenal told the team. Got it. Hawkeye nodded. Yo, dude, is this wise? Robin asked Nightwing. I promise, it will be okay. Just need to be careful. The king has kept his distance from us since Union Day, but maybe this will bring us all closer together. Nightwing told his apprentice. Yeah, okay. Not Robin nodded hesitantly. Then the hangar door opened, and one after the other, they all jumped into the circle, which spat them out into a room of gold and white and blue. The team all looked around, and above them was a massive glass ceiling, with the ocean above them, fish life swimming and swarming around them. Suddenly, screams could be heard from across the corridor. The team all ran down the corridor and burst into a gigantic hall, where putties had started breaking the glass with all their might and started breaking into the room. Masses amount of water started spilling into the room. Suddenly, Calder came into the room with some of his Atlantean guards. A former Aqualad was now the King of Atlantis. Hello, Nightwing. Thank you for your aid. We're in the middle of boarding civilians and transport vehicles. Together with safety. Help us with these clay things. I'll grant you full access to whatever you need from Atlantis, the king told him. Hey, Kilder, and yeah, we got your back, man. Always. Nightwing replied. Then the team started fighting off the putties. Calder led them outside and where the city of Atlantis was being attacked. Putties were on the glass dome still hitting it, where their clay dome fists hitting the dome hard making it crack in places where water now started filling up the place. Putties had already broken in some areas and started climbing through. Captain Cold, Spider-Man, Strange, handle the water. We have human civilians down here and we can't rely 
on the idea that they have water-breathing gear. The rest of you, handle those putties. Nightwing barked. Spider-Man shot up a web and pulled himself up into the air. He shot a web and hit a putty and pulled him closer to it and landed on the higher bridge and punched the putty into the air. He jumped up, smacked the putty a few times around before kicking it away. Doctor Strange floated up into the air and with his magic he froze the forever flowing water that was spilling in. In place, then with a rotation of his hand, the water reverted out of the dome and stayed in place. Spider-Man jumped up and shot several web shots sealing up the cracks. Captain Tom ran up a gold arch monument making him in line with the waterfall he aimed his cold gun and shot a blast which hit the water freezing it into a solid ice then captain cold turned around to see two putties climbing up to him he aimed his gun and made an ice slide he slid down it and aimed his gun blasting the two now confused putties freezing them solid they fell and hit the floor shattering into pieces Spider-Man shot a web and pulled a putty up into the air and smacked his foot across its face. Doctor Strange aimed his hand out and the crimson bands of Cytoruk burst forth and grabbed some of the putties, pulling them apart. Arsenal and Hawkeye ran through the city as they aimed their bows and shot at the surrounding putties. Arsenal aimed an arrow and fired it. It hit one of the putties with a surge of electricity bolting through it. The putty touched another putty and it shot it and then suddenly a current of electricity started through the whole group of putties electrocuting them all. Hawkeye aimed his arrow and shot it and the hit the putty in the head it started to glow then the putty exploded with a splash attack hurting the other putties. Explosive nanites. Clever thinking. Arsenal chimed. Yeah I know. Hawkeye chuckled. Suddenly, they saw aquatic people with fins, flippers, and gills cowering under the attack of the putties. Arsenal aimed his bow and shot an arrow in, in one of its heads, and it dropped dead. Hawkeye ran up to them. Go on, get going, come on, move! Hawkeye demanded. The ultra, older creature pulled the younger ones to their feet and ran off. Hawkeye aimed his arrow up and shot it up into the air, and it exploded into red light. Lance, I gotta give it to you. Using players as a communication system is pretty smart. Arsenal told him. Thanks, Hawkeye grinned. Kate, I mean, your mother would be very proud of you. Arsenal said with a small smile. Hawkeye did not reply, just nodded, then they both started shooting arrows at more putties. Nightwing and Robin started fighting a group of putties that had managed to climb up to the palace. Nightwing smacked a few with his extremist sticks, zapping them with each strike. He then ran up to one putty, jumped up and slammed into it, and made it slam into the ground. Then Robin shot his grapple hook and pulled the putty closer as it staggered forward. Robin backflipped, knocking the putty into the air. He then threw several explosive birdarangs into several more putties, making them explode. Cardio increased his heart rate and made his muscle mass increase, making him stronger. He smacked one putty flying back. Then he slowed his heart rate down. His heart rate then increased once again. This time he increased his strength of his skin, making it so nothing could penetrate his skin whatsoever. He ran into the group of putties that was terrorizing an elderly human, and he slammed into the putty and crushed it. He then kicked one in the head as he landed. He pulled out his chainsicle and slashed his way out of the group of putties, making sure he led the elderly person out of harm's way. Julian Long jumped up high. Dragon up! Julian barked, and suddenly flames wrapped around him, transforming him into the American dragon. Who knew Atlantis was a real place? 
he muttered to himself. Then he flew down and breathed a blast of fire, scorching the group of putties. Pyro lit his flamethrower and aimed them. He blasted a few putties. Then he manipulated the fire so it flew into another group of them as well. He then increased the intensity of the flame so that the putties tried to walk through it, instantly turned into a pile of cr crisp clay and would surely feel the heat. King Calder ran up to Nightwing. We've evacuated most of the city, but there's still wanting to get in. Calder told him. Let's have a look. Nightwing muttered. Calder and Nightwing looked out of one of the huge windows and saw some of the putties wearing black armor. They were dragging a huge slingshot-like catapult mechanical machine. One of them plating putties climbed in to the catapult. The other putty pressed the button and it shot the loaded putty at the main entrance door to Atlantis. The putty hit the door and exploded. The door shocked from the attack. Are they built with explosives? They are turning themselves into ammunition. Nightwing growled. Another putty was placed in the catapult and was fired at the door again. The door again once rattled against the impact. We have to stop them. King Calder barked. Several soldiers used their shields and weapons to push the door, securing it as a barricade. Another putty was shot and it hit the door and exploded on impact. The door shut heavily, which made the soldiers stagger backwards. Spider-Man landed next Nightwing, clinging onto the balcony with his sticky fingers. Yo, boss, you got a plan? Spider-Man said to Nightwing. Working on it! Nightwing grunted. Do you ever wonder what would happen if, well, if... If you give a dad a podcast. Hello, all my beautiful people. Hey, Mom, I'm not going to college like we planned. I'm going to take a couple years off. I just gave all my college money to this uh, professional wrestling promoter. And uh, yeah, I'm going, to be a, I'm going to be a big superstar one day. I'm a, I'm a human and I'm a chiropractor. I wasn't about to call you dad, so... <laughs> I'm what you call a nerd fan. In the Monos Chronicles, the new web series that I'm working on. We inadvertently made that kid cry. We didn't mean to. I mean <laughs> People get really mad at those videos. For some reason, I get triggered really? certain people. Yeah. First tryout, made the team, made starting position. I was right guard for a little while. Hey, Jared, that's where I was going to tell you about. Here it is. It's going to be from a, a nerdy dad's point of view. You're starstruck. It's not a big deal, man. I am being starstruck. <laughs> <laughs> I made a really good career out of being able to bump, sell, and I had a punch me face. That's why they call it if you give a dad a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> Available everywhere podcasts are found. Mark teleported into a condo. Sorry I'm late, guys. Mark said that he noticed the brute putty fighting Sabretooth, Isaac, and 1-Up. Begging my pardon, but if you wouldn't mind putting on your tight spandex outfit and helping us out, please, that would be great. Gambit sneered at Mark. With pleasure. Mark nodded. It's morphin' time! Mark called out. Mark held out his Cornish power morpher and it popped open. Kodo Bisficken! Mark called out, then the morpher dematerialized. 
leaving the coin floating there. Mark then morphed into his ranger suit. His helmet formed over his head. Then the coin started spinning and it flew at Mark, hitting Mark in the chest. The coin shattered and Mark's Cornish chest shield formed around him. Mark had morphed into the Red Cornish Ranger. The Red Cornish Ranger ran past the team of heroes and villains. Our heroes in red pyjamas here to save the day, oh goody! <laughs> Dr. Dead growled. The Red Cornish Ranger ran up to the brute, summoned his power axe and sliced the monster in the stomach. Then Gambit threw several cards at the brute and hit it dead on. They exploded, making it stagger backwards. One up ran up to the beast and uppercut it in the face. As Oclo sped up to the monster using his speed and slammed into its body, he pulled out his gun and pulled the trigger several times. Then the Red Corner Ranger ran up to Sabretooth, who grabbed the Red Ranger and threw him up into the air. The Red Ranger now in midair, aimed his power axe right down as he fell down towards the brute. As he landed on the monster, he swung his power axe as hard as he could, ramming the blade into the monster's face. The brute roared out in pain as it staggered forward and fell to its knees. Dr. Dead ran up to it and pulled the trigger on his revolver as he put it point blank to the monster's face and the brute dropped to the floor. It started falling apart into pieces of putty parts, which then dissolved slowly. The Red Corner Ranger stood there, and Gambit placed his hand on his shoulder. Thank you. Gambit said to him. You're welcome. If you don't mind, I must help the other teams. The Red Corner Ranger told him. Go, we got this, Arklose told him. We will contact you when Wakanda is safe. You have my word. One-Up said. Or we die first. Sabretooth growled. The Red Corner Stranger hit his teleportation device and he teleported away. I like the way your brain ticks, Dr. Dead said to Sabretooth, who just growled at him in response. The Red Corner Stranger teleported into Atlantis. He scanned his surroundings. Whoa, both these secret cities are beautiful. The Red Ranger muttered to himself. Then he solved the issue at hand. He then clocked Nightwing and a man he did not recognize. He ran up to both of them. Kelder, this is Mark, the Red Cornish Ranger, and our ally in this invasion. Nightwing introduced them. Pleasure to meet you, Your Honor. The Red Cornish Ranger said with a bow. Please, pleasure's mine, Ranger, and Calder is fine, King Calder told him. Noted. Now, what have we here? The ranger asked them. They have long-range weapon, turning themselves into explosive ammunition. King Calder pointed. The Red Cornish Ranger could see through the glass that in the ocean, several of them were aiming the <coughs> themselves flying through towards the big door and hitting it with explosive putties. I see. And I have a plan. The Red Ranger told the King. Then he jumped off the balcony and landed next to the squad, who was fending off the putty still. Open the door. The Red Cornish Ranger told the soldiers. Calder and Nightwing landed next to them. We can barricade the streets. Activate the funnel system, which will drain the water out quickly. Make sure it's only this region. We'll be safe, Calder told everyone. Then everyone agreed, so Calder pressed his holographic wristband and suddenly a holographic wall appeared between the street 
that led into the city and the main entrance, which kept shaking as the explosive putties kept on hitting it. All right, open the door, called Bart. The door slowly opened. All the team applied breathing masks and placed was filled with water rather quickly. The water hit the holographic wall, and Calder pressed some more buttons on his wristband, and two sections of the surrounding dome wall opened up and sucked the water up and gave back to the ocean. As the water filled the area, the putties and the catapult also got dragged in with the momentum, and landed inside the little barricaded area that the king had made. The doors were then closed, and the remaining water were sucked out of the dome, leaving everyone safe but wet. The few remaining putties got up and started throwing fists. The Red Cornish Ranger summoned his power lance, swung it up, slicing some of the putties. Nightwing and Robin started fighting as well. Arsenal and Hawkeye aimed their arrows and fired at some of the putties. Spider-Man replaced his web cartridges as his old ones were now soaked, and then he started weaponing up some of the putties as well before kicking them and punching them. The Red Cornish Ranger jumped up and Doctor Strange made a platform of energy so the Red Cornish Ranger could land on it. Then he jumped up and threw the power lance at the catapult. It flew across the battlefield, but the putty jumped in the way and it got hit in the chest as it crashed to the floor. The Red Cornish Ranger retrieved his power lance. Spider-Man landed on the wall of the building next to him. Yo, throw it up into the air. I've got an idea, Spider-Man called out. The Red Cornish Ranger kicked the putty away and then nodded at Spider-Man in understanding. He then aimed up high and threw the power lance up into the air like a javelin. Doctor Strange aimed his hand and muttered a spell and all the putties became really slow because he made them heavy. Then Robin shot his grapple hook and pulled himself into the air. He shot his grapple hook at the power lance and pressed his gauntlet and its charge of electricity ran through the wire and charged the power lance up with electricity. He then spun around and threw the lance higher up into the air. Ali! Robin called out. Spider-Man then jumped up high, shot a web and caught the power lance. Spider-Man then spun around in midair, spinning the lance up and around and then he let go, throwing the power lance directly at the ca catapult. The power lance now made charged full electricity made contact and the catapult exploded spider-man landed next to robin and they both high-fived oop spider-man cheered glad that worked i will return but i gotta help the other teams the red cornish ranger told them thank you that was helpful we should be able to secure atlantis soon nightwing told him the Red Cornish Ranger nodded, hit his teleportation device, and teleported away. In Las Vegas, the three incredibly fast putties kept running around and striking the team members, causing them a dismay in the battle. Suddenly, the Red Cornish Ranger teleported in and saw the team being attacked by the three speeder putties. They seem to have learned a few things we didn't know. The time difference, that's the scary part. The Red Cornish Ranger told himself. He then turned to Dr. Fury. Can you slow them down? The Ranger asked the Sorcerer. I can, yes, Dr. Fury confirmed. He then summoned the Power Sword and handed it to Moon Knight. He took the sword and felt the weight of it. Then he summoned Saba and the Dragon Dagger. He handed the Dragon Dagger to Black Canary and he gripped onto Saba tightly. Then Dr. Fury cast her spell and the three speedsters slowed down. Then the Red Lantern made several restraining constructs which secured them around the ankles and held onto them. 
Her arm was shaking from the resistance. The Moon Knight then ran up to one of the secured putties with the power sword in hand and started dealing out uh, several attacks. The Black Canary also ran up to one and slashed one of them with the Dragon Dagger. The Red Cornish Ranger ran up to the last one and with a powerful strike he cut it down with Saba and the fast putties all exploded. The Red Lantern dropped one knee as her constructs diminished as she held on to it for a bit too long. You okay? The orange lantern asked as he held out his hand, trying to help her up, but she pushed him away. Get off me! The red lantern barked. Look, I'm just trying to help. The orange lantern snapped back. Well, don't. She growled. Moon Knight and Black Canary returned their weapons to the red cornered ranger. That was something else, Moon Knight muttered. It was so light, but so strong. Black Canary told him. They are incredible. The Red Corner Ranger confirmed as the weapons disappeared. Then suddenly the ground started shaking. They all looked past the city outskirts. Far off in the distance, they could see a massive wave of grey mess moving towards them. The Iron Butler flew high up in the sky and scanned the area. There is thousands of them. It's an army. He said in awe. How are we going to handle that many? Soma asked. We need a plan of attack. Venom growled. And you have one, a voice said. Everyone turned around to see Damien Wayne perched on a street sign. He flipped off it and walked up to everyone. Byron Butler landed, his headpiece removed and opened up, revealing his teary eyes. Hello, son, he said. Hello, old man. Glad to see you're doing well, Damien told him. Same to you. Alfred said sadly. Damien then walked up to Dr. Fury and handed her a piece of paper. These are some coordinates. Open the portals, yeah? I need you to do this so we can continue our fighting and have a fighting chance here. He told her. Hang on a moment, Dr. Fury told him. She took the piece of paper and read it. Then she started floating up. She crossed her legs and started meditating. And then several portals opened and the League of Assassins came charging out and headed straight out of the city towards the massive wave of putties heading towards them. Let us rid the world of these things, Damien Wade yelled as he ran with his league with his sword drawn. The rest of the team ran towards the crowd and joined the fight. Thank you, Ranger. The Iron Butler said to the Red Cornish Ranger as his headpiece came back down, clicked into place as he took off in flight. Look who came in handy after all. Thunderstruck grinned at him as he joined the others. The Red Cornish Ranger was about to teleport away when a SWAT truck came f towards him and halted. Then several SWAT soldiers climbed out with a couple of suited men and a man in a lab coat. The lab-coated gentleman approached the Red Cornish Ranger. Your mark, right? The scientist asked. The one and only. The Red Corner Ranger replied. Good. Um, please confirm. Y you've been there, right? To, to their world? The man asked, pointing towards the far-off distant army advancing towards them. I did come from their universe, but how did you know that? The Red Cornish Ranger asked him, now confused and slightly concerned. M my name is uh, uh, Angel Fairweather. I, I came from that universe. I watched Putty Prime being made. And I, 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 I need your help, the scientist told him. The Red Cornish Ranger demorphed, leaving Mark stood there, staring at the scientist in awe and confusion.
Hey there, you've reached the answer machine of Logan. I'm afraid I can't get the phone right now. I'm most probably burying my head into my university work. <laughs> uh, or I'm just asleep because I've buried my head into my university work. Anyway, uh, sorry for rambling. Uh, again, this is Logan. If you've missed me, then you know what to do. Leave me a message at the end of the beep, and uh, if I can, I'll get back to you. See ya. Oh, my darling Logan, it's your mum. I didn't need to say that, did I? Oh, my goodness, I don't know what to do. A portal's opened outside the window, and I don't know where you are, and I haven't heard from you, and I don't understand why I haven't heard from you. <laughs> oh, Logan, I'm sorry. I have to say goodbye. I love you so much, and I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you and everything you've ever done. And and if you ever get to write a book, son, dedicate it to me. You know, I love you. I dedicate it my whole life. Now I'm waffling. I don't even know what to say. I love you so much. Goodbye. Please take care of yourself. Oh, my God. And there we have it, guys. The ending of part two. That was intense. I do apologize about the length of this video. It was a hefty one, and it took a long time to get all the voice lines together and edit. But I'm glad we finally got there. Now, let's... Okie dokie. Let's give this a shot. Hey there, everyone. I'm Jared, the host of If You Give a Data Podcast, and I'm proud to list off the voice actors in this story here. So, here we go. Jessica, Ember, and Jordan, the Red Lantern, was voiced by Jordan. Jack, the Orange Lantern, was voiced by Crimson. Soma Noir was voiced by Ghost Galaxy Cosplay. You can find him playing the Yu-Gi-Oh card games with others live on TikTok. Bane was voiced by Draco Valentine. Scarecrow was played by Franken Sauce. Pyro was played by Cosplay Sun 637. Arson was played by A Crown, the host of the Author's Crown YouTube channel. Black Canary was played by Decent Hugs. Ghost Rider and its host kit was played by Oni Guy. Vixen was voiced by Naomi Edwards, Ty's stepmother. Felicia Hart was voiced by Kat Osborne, the person who had to endure bringing Ty into this world. Cardio and Venom were voiced by Ethan. One up and one third of Dr. Dead's voices was played by the J Dragon Hart. Arkham was voiced by DJP voiceover. Thunderstruck was voiced by Austin, AKA XX Dark Angel 69. Nightwing and Gambit were voiced by Cosplay Dude 637 the host of Power Rangers Universe 19 podcast, Sailor Moon E podcast, The Order podcast, Storytime with Cosplay Dude 637 podcast, the Nostalgia Time YouTube channel, and the One Piece audio drama YouTube channel. All of these are places where you can find Cosplay Dude stories. Sabretooth, Alfred, one-third of Dr. Dead's voices. Also, the Red Cornish Ranger was voiced by Mark, the Red Cornish Ranger himself the host of Nerds Through Comics podcast. That's through, not throw. Everyone else was voiced by the writer and storyteller, your host, Ty Tiger. Ty also has three other places he uploads stories and fanfiction. And a big shout out to Zeo to Hero podcast and its community. And if you want to, you can check out my podcast, If You Give a Data Podcast. You can find it anywhere podcasts are found. Thank you all for listening and see you next time. This podcast is a production of the Three Ranger Bros Studios in association with Zio to Hero the Podcast.